Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman, and I am here with my friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman. Max, what's going on? Well, you know, we just uh, finished an interview that uh, will probably be airing in a few weeks. In a later episode. We won't even tell you who it is. There's but, a tease for you. But yeah. Speaking of interviews, today on the show, we are talking to Jared Kiso and Nathan Dales from television's Letterkenny. It's on the Comedy Network. It's on Crave TV. That's right. Uh, Shane was very happy because in preparing for the interview, I we were talking about what kind of questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And I kiboshed one of the questions that Shane had suggested. That is true. And the question, you know, do you have aspirations to, to work in Hollywood and to be, be successful in like mainstream American films? Yeah. And I said, don't ask them that question because people ask the band that question. It's like, do you wish you were a big American band? And the answer is like, yes, of course we wish we were massive in uh, USA. But uh, I feel like it's like an obvious question that most Canadians like don't like to answer. Turns out he brought it up himself. Yeah. And it was like, I hate Hollywood. I have no interest in moving to America for the sake of my career. And I just love being a you know proud Canadian TV star. We'll get to those guys later. But speaking of America, Max, you just got back from New York City. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast. Uh, you know, it was December 24th and I didn't have a Christmas <laughs> gift for Lauren, <laughs> my girlfriend. And so I just uh, started frantically Googling uh, flights to, to somewhere cheap. <laughs> and the thing about New York is that it's you can find a reasonably priced uh, airplane trip and you can use uh, points. I said airplane trip. Airplane trip? <laughs> you, go on, you go on a lot of airplane I trips? Airplane trips, and, and you, if you use points and stuff, it sounds just as glamorous as you know Paris, L.A., London, all the great cities of the world. But, but it's only forty five minutes. But it's away. only forty five minutes away. Lauren uh, is a student and uh, has no money, so so and the dollar is really bad. Oh. So this was a very expensive trip, and I realized if I just spent like a little bit of time on like I don't know December twenty third, <laughs> and just bought her a nice like I don't know seventy dollar gift, then I could have avoided this. Nine hundred dollar uh, two day trip to yeah. New York City, and the dollar, as I said, is f- terrible. Uh, but you know, we had we had a great time. Um, I saw that you went to a Brooklyn Nets game. I know. So get this. So uh, the promoter the band has in New York is uh, this uh, label company called Communion, and it's started by Ben from Mumford and Sons. Okay, and it's very sort of like. Uh, homegrown. They have like a really cool office in Brooklyn. There's like ten people. It's like kind of a. It's not like a big conglomerate like you know Live Nation. No, no disrespect to Live Nation. We've worked with them before too. Great company, <laughs> but uh, it's cool because it really feels like a you know a family business on a certain level. And super nice guys. And I hit them up and I was like, Hey, I'm in Brooklyn. Are you guys around? Do you guys want to go to a show or something? And uh, I mentioned that I was going to a Brooklyn Nets game. And uh, my man Tyler at Communion said I used to work at Barclays. I'll get you some tickets. So it was awesome. We went to go hang out, and uh, I got to sit in a suite at the Barclays Those Center. were the tickets they got you? They got us, yeah, suite tickets with, like, free booze and stuff. Oh, my goodness. I know. We were totally spoiled. You it was amazing. Care of. I know. It was did like, you guys get loaded? We did not, because Lauren's had this eye issue where she has to cut a lot of stuff out of her diet. So we, it was not a boozy trip at all. It was very much just, like, walking around. We ate a lot. It was really good. You know, there's so much good food in uh, New York City. Right. When you, you were there a couple weeks ago, yeah. was it a boozy trip? Does Zanica like to, to booze? Get oh, yeah, daddy? we partied. We had fun. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we went to like a speakeasy that was like hidden behind. Like, really? Like, oh yeah, we went all over. Oh wow. Yeah, I was telling you about that crazy uh, play, Sleep No More, where oh, it was like that's simulated right. orgies and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we had a few drinks before. We didn't join in any of these simulated orgies. Well, that's that's what you're telling me <laughs> on air, but who knows? But because you didn't have a very boozy trip, Max, is this why uh, when you got back into town, uh, you went 
whole hog on Saturday night? <laughs> kind of. This, this seems to happen to me sometimes because as, as we've talked about on this show before, I, I'm not really much of a drinker. I, there's something very nice about, you know, just waking up with a clear head and getting work done. I love that. Uh, but I got an email from our friend Dan Hamilton like on the Saturday and we were coming back on the Saturday. So as we mentioned on other episodes, you know, we have this um, Facebook group uh, called the Champagne Boys. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling you that. Where everybody sort of gets excited to see each other. There's about 20 guys in this group and we all plan group activities uh, like it's a little clubhouse and we're a bunch of nine-year-olds or something. Very fun. So uh, Dan writes me on, 11, on Saturday at 11.55 a.m. He just writes, when you get off that bus from the airport, just Uber to 568 King Street East. There's going to be like 12 champagne boys there drinking pool and shuffleboard. Who knows where we'll stumble next? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Did you know where you were going though? No. Well, I was like, what's, what the hell? 560? I didn't recognize that address. So I had no idea where we were going. And then I kind of figured out there's a lot of group messages that the guys were going curling. And I don't really have any interest <laughs> in curling, but I was like, oh, you know, this sounds kind of funny to me. Um, and then... He responds to, again. He goes, "Just a reminder. Here's the crew. It's an all timer. Oh, <laughs> Dan geez. is so good at setting up these <laughs> events. Me, Birch, D's, Izzy, Peak, J, Mikey V, Julian, Psycho, Jug, Brody, Bram, Blancher, and Sean Dawes meeting after. And Sean did not show up. He did not show up. He but, stayed in and did like facial masks with his girlfriend. Yeah, we we saw that on the internet. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, we went. We got to the curling place and we tied one on. Yeah, we went curling. Yeah, and the night ended with us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Going through SNL performances. You have like two years of SNL's PVR'd yeah. on, on your uh, DVR or whatever, on your Bell 5. Yeah. And uh, so we were just like, oh, you remember that performance? And it's like, oh, remember that? It's like, oh, man, did you see Chance the Rapper? And it's like, oh, did you see One Direction? Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like Saturday night was this big coming out party for, for Chance the Rapper. We were just all loving Chance the Rapper. We love Chance. Because uh, he, he performed on Kanye's uh, SNL performance and he had his own thing a few weeks before. Yeah. I'm like... Chance is the coolest guy maybe in the world right now. He was awesome. That performance specifically that I showed you at drunkenly at two in the morning. Yeah. Uh, like I was saying. Like you were doing that thing where the thing about you, Mike, when you're <laughs> drinking is that uh, most, most, I love you as a storyteller, right? I love <laughs> when you can like, you know, consume a room and like, and you can start telling a story and everybody locks in immediately. You're like one of the only people that can do that that I know. And you'd go, all right, guys, here's the thing. And you and I knew you had an idea, but you couldn't finish it. <laughs> like and you're like, and then it's like the thing. He's empathetic, and we're like, who are you talking about? It's like, and then you'd be like, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, oh, and you kept on like starting the story. You'd get about ten seconds in, and then you would lose your train of thought and then start from the beginning. Oh, that that that, that means I'm broken. Yeah. At that point, you just need to put me to bed. <laughs> well, you put yourself to bed. Yeah. <laughs> You were sitting on the end of the couch. I was sitting on one end. You're on the other end, and then you you fell asleep. I I had the the bed upstairs ready for you in my oh, in see. my guest room, but then you just you know, tucked yourself in on the couch. You know, once yeah, well, once it shuts down, you're not moving me. No, you, no way. I feel and like if you I do might... try to move. You usually get woken up, and you just smile a little bit, and you're like, hey, and then, and then you just close your eyes again. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we watched a lot of great SNL hey, performances. Did, uh, yeah. did you see that 1975 performance? I did. Okay, what do you make of those guys? As someone who doesn't pay that close attention to like up and coming bands, what do you what do you make of them? I felt like it wasn't for me. Felt very like um, affected in like you know like I think there's lots of great performers like you know Lady Gaga or you know David Bowie. Obviously, they're both on my mind from that Grammys thing. But yeah. 
who are performers. You know, like Freddie Mercury is very demonstrative, and you know what I mean. There's Mick Jagger is very demonstrative. That guy, I just wasn't buying it. I wasn't picking up what he was putting down. It just felt affected. It felt like a, c- a cover of something. But you know, that's yeah, my opinion. Yeah, no, no. I can. Here's the thing. My normal inclination would be to totally agree with you because there's something about him that it like seems kind of like put on and like super over the top. Yeah. But he, there's nobody really doing that right now. Yeah. There's a void to be filled. But yeah. And I, and I like the fact like who, who in like, out of all the people SNL might possibly invite to perform on the show, which means, cause they only choose from like a certain like cast of cool. Right. Yeah. And the fact that, so 1975 is definitely in that conversation of like, you know, cool enough to be on SNL. But the fact he's wearing like I don't know leather pants and like no shirt, total, no shirt, blazer, and, yeah. he's, and he's sort of like he looks like he's from I don't know nineteen seventy three or something. I feel like no one else is doing it, and I feel like he's filling a void that I that I weirdly miss because normally I don't like that kind of uh, that sort of performance art, and who's, but I kind of I'm kind of into it now. Who's the band? Uh, People change. Oh, uh, Future Islands. I feel like they were doing a more interesting to me an authentic version of kind of that really affected performance with kind of more derivative music like yeah no you know that's what I mean? true. I, for sure but the reason why he that guy gets away with it because he's like old and a former and he's like a high school teacher and those dudes are like in their mid-40s and from baltimore these guys are like just quintessential like london british kids yeah and i've also read a bunch of interviews with him and uh he he just like says like totally like outlandish stuff and is very like self-assured and and likes to stir the pot a little bit in the press he plays that game in a way that most rock bands really don't do anymore sure. i feel like back in the 90s everyone was just talking shit and yeah. now nobody likes to talk shit uh, yeah maybe there is a void for sort yeah. of outrageous demonstrative front men yeah there's nobody i think or rock and roll is generally like pretty polite and conservative these days uh when it comes to like cool rock at least uh, and he and he sort of like harkens back to another time. So I, I liked I liked his performance. You dug it. And Dan Hamilton is now totally in on the 1975. That, that's a band right up Dan Hamilton's alley. Hey, they could win me over. Yeah. I'm just saying it felt a little affected to yeah, me. Yeah, and, and it is. But there's something to it. Today on the show, Max, we got Letter Kenny. Yeah, Jared Jared Kiso or Keso? Kiso. I don't know. It's Keso. Keso. Shane just arrived. By Shane the way. just arrived and corrected me. Uh, it's Jared and Nathan from Letter Kenny. Let's get to it. Let's do it. I wanted to start with uh, you, Jared, because uh, you created the show. Uh, well, uh, as, as as far as like creators go, like it like it was based on like uh, an anonymous Twitter account from from back home in in Listowel, Ontario. My my best pal since I was three four years old, Jordan Behrens, and I started this anonymous Twitter account. Um, and then I thought that I could rebrand it as Letter Kenny, film it, and 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 it would work. But of course, we'd have to blow our covers. So that the people back home would know that we were the ones writing listy problems, all the problems that face people in our small town. Um, and so we were prepared for it to backfire, but it it, it didn't. It turned out to be pretty fruitful for us. So yeah, yeah Jordan Behrens would be the creator, but Jacob uh, uh, Jacob uh, Tierney is who I write it with, and he directs an accident as well. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, this friend of yours that you grew up with, how does he sort of like, has he seen all the success? What are his thoughts? Is he like, this is pretty cool? Or yeah, is- yeah, yeah. He, he, he thinks it's pretty awesome. Uh, I put him in the show as well. Yeah, I was going to ask, <laughs> did he want to be a part of it? Or- yeah, yeah. yeah. I, put, I put him in the show, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, uh, I, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, you get an opportunity like this, you know, to, to, to be at the helm of something and you think, you know what, like, what should I do with this opportunity? Certainly I can do something fun. And for me, that's just like really embarrassed, like two of my best buddies, you know, so I, I brought him into in like a, a pretty humiliating situation and, but they were all for it. They loved it. Who does he play? 
Uh, he plays Boots. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah something that's uh, it's kind of an ongoing theme uh, throughout the entire thing. But uh, yeah, we don't see them uh, until uh, towards the end. So this is all based on sort of like that Twitter account, the problems that were facing that town. Once this became sort of a show, where did you get the characters from? Uh, I, I guess I draw from experiences back home in, in Listowel, but I, I grew up playing hockey, you know, all, all around Ontario, so I've been in every small town in Ontario, Dashwood, Exeter, Blythe, Zurich, everywhere, you know, so I just, I, I kind of draw from, from everywhere, but uh, uh, I guess, you know, like when we shot it, Dalesy and I had been throwing stuff up on, on YouTube for a couple of years at that point, just trying out different concepts and seeing what people would get behind. So when I... You know, it, it, every time I do this with Dale Z, like I, I don't tell him what to do. I just hand him the script, and then any other actor that we have in a YouTube sketch, I don't tell them what to do. I just hand them the script. So that's that's all on Dale Z. He created that character. Very cool. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to ask next. So Nate, how did you get involved initially? Um, so uh, Jared and I had been doing stuff together for about uh, we we never were at the time when uh, when Letter Kenny when we first shot the first uh, the web episode I think it was about two years ago when it uh, when it came up uh, we'd been doing stuff together like other other sketches for a little bit before then so maybe about a year and a bit before then and uh, and so we just did a kind of uh, we. <laughs> It started out with a mutual love of the Calgary Flames, actually. That's how we started working together. And then so we just uh, we just thought some things might be funny. And then, oh, well, f it. Pardon me. Uh, no, you can swear. I, I swear. Okay. So, oh, so, yeah. so f yeah, we're going we're gonna to film these things that we think are going to be funny. Hopefully people grab onto them. And uh, they did a little bit. Um, for our other sketches, and then uh, and then uh, you know, Jared came came at me with this Letterkenny problems, and he said, "Do you, you want to try this out?" I was like, "Of course, I want to try it out." Like, you know, we have so much fun uh, fun working together anyway. And then so we did it, and then uh, you never really know what's going to hit, and then this one just kind of hit, and it kind of and it stuck, and people really grabbed onto it. So it was just. Uh, yeah. Calgary Flames fans? Mm -hmm. Yes. Theo Fleury? Big Theo Fleury guys? Yeah. Love Theo Fleury. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My brother's a massive Theo Fleury He's guy. a legend. He, he is a legend. Legend. Uh, Lanny McDonald with the big old Love mustache. Lanny yeah, that's Joel Otto, Joe Hey, Dan, there Mike you go. Vernon, all, all the <laughs> Mike Vernon. Show yeah. me Mike Vernon. <laughs> yeah. they, have a, they have a serious problem in Calgary, though, or they used to, not so much anymore, of running goaltenders out of town. Mike Vernon, as much as they... Uh, People loved him towards the end. They uh, they ran him out of town uh, with a that? lot of booze. Won a cup in Detroit. I know. Good on him. And then uh, <laughs> Roman Turek was uh, very uh, close after him. Not a lot of people remember Roman Turek because he was awful by the end. Uh, they ran him out of town too. But uh, I like but Mike who's, Vernon. Yeah, Tough but Mike, town for goals. Yeah, Mike, Mike yeah. Vernon's in a different conversation, right? Mike Vernon's in a conversation with like Patrick Y. Andy yeah. Bullock. He yep. really is. Roman Turek's in a conversation with like Peter Ng and Alan Bester. You know what I mean? Like they <laughs> Alan, Alan Bester. Bester. the legs of Alan Bester. <laughs> How dare you they throw an Alan Bester really, right now? No, I know. Really did, did Vernon won the ring in '89? Was that the? Yes. Yeah, Vernon yeah, was yeah, in yeah. there in '89, and then he won it again with Detroit too. So you're you're correct. Roman Turk does not belong in the same category. <laughs> no. However, he does belong in the same. Did you run them out of your town? And the answer is yes. Well, put these two bastards next to each other, then, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know. Look, now that we've clarified it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Done. Yeah. Sorry. Done. That's Done. Good. Sorry. No, that, was, that was great. <laughs> That's right. People love hockey. Um, acting. So how, when did you guys both start acting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll start with Jared. When did you start acting? When did you get the bug? What were you into? Who inspired you growing up? Uh, I got mono because uh, I was smooching a girl. <laughs> 
There we go. Uh, and yeah, uh, go. you know, I learned the hard way. Mom and Dad said that said that she she was she wasn't a winner. She wasn't the right one for me. And she gave me mono. And it was uh, around that time, you know, I was uh, I was couch ridden uh, and unable to play hockey because my spleen was enlarged. And in that time, I watched Rushmore for the first time. I watched Snatch for the first time. And Gangs New York came along a little bit after that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'd say like if if I if I didn't kiss Melanie. And get mono, maybe I maybe I wouldn't be an actor today. Your life has a totally Jesus. different course, yeah, potentially. Yeah, you know. That's kind of sweet, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really nice. It is. Wherever nice. Melanie is now, hopefully she's still with us. Yeah. Um, and the mono didn't get her too bad. But here's the question. <laughs> she's not, like, dead or anything. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not good. Yeah. Um, when you saw those movies, like you said, Rushmore or Gangs of New York um, or Snatch, was it the acting that you were drawn to, or are you sort of looking at the whole picture? Because obviously you write the yep. show. Yeah, the the individual performances, uh, for sure. Jason Schwartzman and Bill Murray in, in Rushmore, and then you've got that Brad Pitt iconic performance in Snatch, that, that, the that accent, character yeah. who's, who's saying whatever. But the influence from those two movies specifically comes out in Letterkenny so, so much. You know, like... Um, what Wes Anderson and Guy Ritchie both do is they set up these like music video sequences. There's no sound, the sound drops out, you've got a character walking in slow-mo and you've got the song playing, the song tells the story of the picture, there's no words. We do that in Letterkenny quite a bit. We have a lot of slow-mo walks to music, there's no there's no other sound, and just let the song tell the story and, and, and the picture. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, massive, massive influences in both acting and, and filmmaking there. Mm -hmm. And Nate, how did you come to acting? Um, I don't know the okay. So growing up, I used to do like one of my favorite things was was to watch movies over and over and over and over again and pretend that I was somebody in that movie and just do the entire movie kind of just by myself talking back and forth like a total <laughs> weirdo. And uh, and I think that's where it sort of got to me. I did some I did some like odd. Um, sort of community theater stuff when I was really young. Oh, so and you're so doing theater? A little bit. Seeking but, it out. Yeah, but not, but not even seeking it out, just knowing that this was kind of fun and look at this, I can be a goof and people will still, you know, they're still watching me and stuff like that. So, so I really like that. And then uh, I sort of, I, uh, I got out of high school and, uh, and I stopped, uh, I, I was competitive, competitively snowboarding for a long, a long time before that. And I kind of wanted something different, and I thought, you know what, this is something I've always really liked doing. I love, I love movies and, you know, the idea of telling a story, and it's fun, and you get to see it up, you get to see your finished product up on the screen, and I love that stuff. And so I figured, well, instead of, <laughs> instead of studying English at the University of Calgary, which was getting to me, um, I was like, you know what, if I want to get serious about this and get into the business, I, I need to go to school for it, you know? And so I figured, well, screw it, I'm going to get into, I'm going to... Uh, go to film school and then after that I went to theater school and that was kind of that. I was just like, this is so much fun. And then after doing real, real live theater, not like a bunch of little kids running around with animal costumes on or something like that, uh, then I was just like, this is, this is it. And it was so much fun that that's kind of when it started. So that was about, that was like 2003 it started and sort of, and then 2004 I was like, well, screw this, I'm, uh, I'm going for it. I'm going to do this yeah, time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it. Or I'm, I'm going to give it a go to do it full yeah, yeah, time. Because yeah, yeah. everybody is just like, yeah, I'm going to totally do this. And it's like, no, if you really want to, you're going to try and try and get rejected a million, billion times. But I was just like, well, screw it. I'm going to give it a go. How did you two come together? 
Well, it, it, it kind of leads into to the end of Dalesy's story because when he came back to Vancouver, the first that I heard of Dalesy was there was this uh, uh, comedy night at Montmartre on... Café Montmartre. Yeah, yes. there was this, this comedy night Main there Street, yeah. where there was this troupe called... Uh, Bronx Cheer yeah, Comedy Bronx was a, Cheer a couple comedy. of buddies of ours. Yeah, Big hitters in, in the Vancouver comedy scene. And uh, they, they did it better than anybody. So it got to be like a big, like, uh, like a bit of a hipster hangout like any time they were doing a show. So I'd go in there with my fedora and deep, deep feet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Dalesy was in one of their sketches, one of the one of these videos that they'd done. And then there was also a, a web series that they produced called yeah. Friends Like These yeah, that Dalesy like was these. into. So that's the first I'd heard of him. Yeah. And then we kind of started working together at the same bar, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. We then, sort of, we sort of hooked up at the bar, like, but uh, a little bit of like a staggered, right? So Jared was working there, and then I kind of started working there and he like came out or whatever and then, so that's where we uh, that's yeah. where we picked it up did you connect sort of immediately on a friendship level like same same sort of like mentality when it, it comes was to comedy and it and was a Calgary Flames level I gotta be honest that was sort of the first thing and then it was just like Jared had some pals that I was pals with and stuff and then it was just like well this guy's a this guy's a nice goof and I'm a goof so this, yeah. this kind of, it kind of worked like that and it was just like alright yeah there's, yeah, there's. A, I may have mentioned this already, but there's six dudes from our cast and Letter Kenny all played on the same beer league team out out west. I did not know that. Yeah, there's there's six of us, right? Yeah. So we're we were all buddies long before this and, and and everything. And it's yeah, it's it's you're just you're just going to work to hang out with your buddies every yeah. day. I was yeah. gonna ask that about the cast. I mean, when you're casting this, so you create this thing, you start writing this. Um, you know, you two are obviously a big part of it because this was originally Letter Kenny Problems, which yeah. was on YouTube. When you get the show. And then you start filling out like a larger cast. Was it ever a consideration like, well, I'm going to cast real actors, not that people aren't real actors, or I want to work with my buds and I want to work with my friends and this whole thing is going to be like an endeavor that is for me and my friends. Yeah, well, uh, one, one, thing I, one thing I can say very concretely is that in every instance, the best auditioner got, got the part. Um, uh, you know, like a statement about the bed we're in here at Bell, like Dalesy and uh, Dylan Playfair who I'll call DP and Andrew Her, who I'll call Hersey. We were all in uh, the the web series together, right? Yeah. So we had this episode called Hockey Players that's at you know more than four million views now. So when we got this show deal, I I said to the people at Bell, I was like, listen, like you've pre-approved me. You're obviously you know you're you're not gonna have a casting call audition for this part. Dalesy, DP, and Hersey were as big a part of this as I was, and I don't think it's fair that that they should have to hear from their buddies that, you know, like people are, are auditioning for, for their part and stuff. And Bell says, absolutely. We're on board with that. So they pre-approved four of us without auditions. That's something that never happened. No, so, so those roles were locked. Yeah. yeah. You two and yeah. then the hockey. But, yeah. but it's also, I think, I think fair to note as well. Um, you know, like I, I have an acting background, Jerry has an acting background and so did DP and Hersey. Oh, yeah. Like those guys, I mean, while we're playing on the same beer league hockey team together, those guys are actors anyway. So it's not just yeah. like they just picked up and we're like, oh, well, let's do this. They're, you know, they're they're uh, trained and, and, and accomplished actors too. So yeah. so the fact that we all play on the same beer league team together is pretty cool and pretty interesting. But at the yeah. same time, you know, you're not just hiring a schlub off the street. It's not a group of amateurs just yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nut sacks we found on the street. But also, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. is great because Hersey and DP were living together at the time. And they both get calls from their agents saying that they've been cast to play the Howe brothers in the Gordy Howe story. So these okay. two had already worked together on like yeah. a, on like oh, a TV wow. movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're roommates. And they're living so, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're living together. So. And playing hockey players. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Speaking of Bell, because that's always sort of really fascinating 
transition, I guess, for me whenever I talk to creatives is, so you guys have this sort of small thing that blows up on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, something like Crave TV or Bell comes along and they say, hey, we want to work together. This is going to obviously provide an amazing opportunity, these six episodes and who knows what beyond. When you're making the decision to, to then, you know, get in bed with a massive media company, is there any trepidation? Is there any, like, fear? Is there any compromise? Does it even cross your mind? Or are you like, shit, I like all opportunities? Yeah, you know, like, at, 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 at the risk of blowing smoke here, like, we couldn't have asked for a better uh, a better outfit than, than the comedy department at Bell, everybody who's developing, and even right to the top with Mike Cosentino. Everybody has has done exactly what they said they were going to do, and that support our vision, you know, our, our vision for it. Everybody's gotten behind it. But... Our, like, our options were limited, right? Like, if we were going to take this from YouTube into, like, you know, two-minute shorts into, like, a 30-minute episodic, we had to be able to say the F word as many times as we wanted. Like, it is a fundamental element, yeah, that, yeah. that word, yeah. <laughs> to, to our storytelling. And so, you know, like, there's, there isn't a home, there aren't many homes for us, you know? Like, Bell had three, you know? Like, Bell's got... Uh, uh, like uh, HBO, they've got mm-hmm. the movie network. You can get away with it on yep. uh, on on comedy. But then you know when Crave came along, like yeah. man, like it's just in, in, and to also fit. be there, it's it's a perfect fit, and also be their first original program. Like like we 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 just don't really quite understand like how we got <laughs> so lucky in this. You know, even something like smoking. You guys are smoking. Always in this smoking, series. always drinking. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, but you don't see that at all on TV. But I guess it adds a layer of authenticity to what these characters are like, like whether it's the f bombs or just them smoking. Was and so along the way, there was never any sort of like compromise. It was always just like, hey, you guys do you. This is what we're into from the start, and then we'll allow you to sort of do it. You know, like we 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 cruise the line. I don't think that we ever go over. It, but there was there was never and like unless it was something like uh, like we had to create Super Bowl ads you know like they're sure. kind of kind of sensitive because like it's a family audience six million people um, but for the for the actual show there was no reeling in whatsoever and we took some ridiculous concepts to them just. <laughs> disgusting like <laughs> scarring material <laughs> to, to, to them and there was, there was never any bounce back you know like we have a theme uh, we have a like kind of a recurring bit a, a, a recurring storyline there's there's these two hicks who are rumored to have an ostrich and it's just so funny so unintentionally hilarious to like go into a meeting with with our bell execs you know we've got uh kara Halfinson, <laughs> bill lundy got corey co and sarah fowley and corey co to just sit there with a completely straight face she's like so is the ostrich going to be in every episode <laughs> the ostrich, or is there just talk of the ostrich getting in this episode, you know, just completely straight, straight face. Yeah. Yeah. The they're table, talking just about, yeah. dying, you know, like this is the raddest conversation I've yeah. ever had in my life. It's so. the sweetest bit of deadpan comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You also act uh, on a drama you star on um, 19.2. Yep. Do you find as an actor, I don't know, you always hear different sort of like, different actors have different takes, but do you find it difficult to toggle between comedy and drama? Uh, well, yes. Um, I, I think that if I think that if I was just acting in in the two, it might not be so tough. But for Letterkenny, I write it as well, you know. So when I'm in in the 192 world, I'd say it's it's as dark a drama as there is on Canadian TV. 
and Letterkenny is about as silly a comedy as, as, as there is going to be on, on Canadian TV. So I prioritize the people who are paying me. If I'm on 19.2, I, I try not to drift into the Letterkenny world at all. If I'm, I'm on Letterkenny, I, I don't drift into the 19.2 world at all. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. not wise. I don't think, you know, you can really get your wires crossed pretty easily. Um, and also to pay pay due attention to the project that you're working on, and we've always talked about that. And it's a, I, I think it's I, th- I think it's held up. Yeah, hell, well, you know, yeah. work 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 isn't falling out of the sky in Canada. So if you right. are, I mean, like if, <laughs> if you can get it, yeah, if yeah, you can't focus on you know like an incredible opportunity that that you've been given that 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 so many would crawl over broken glass for, then you are some kind of nutsack. You know, you're a yeah. big. Nutsack! Yeah. If you don't understand <laughs> where the opportunity is, and, and and how lucky you are, and especially to do something, you know, like nineteen two is is completely different. To, to do something like Letterkenny, where you know, where I get to work with my buddies, basically, and you know, everybody everybody puts their grit and their knuckles into everything, right? But it's just like, uh, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just like, when the hell do you get an opportunity like that? So it's just like, number one, count your lucky stars. Number two, count them again. And then, uh, and then try and bust your ass for it to make sure that it, that it stays around for as long as possible. Lastly, uh, what are both your hopes for uh, Letterkenny beyond these six episodes? We'll start with you. Um, I'd have to say 25 seasons, six, seven <laughs> movies. Uh, I, don't know I, I don't know. You know what? Um, the first, first season is, is awesome. Uh, and, and you know what? Coming back to do a second season would be... That's... that's the focus of where my thoughts are right now um, and it's sort of in development it doesn't have a green light or anything like that but right now that would be the thought and then kind of just take it as it goes because if you start thinking I feel like if you start going like oh yeah I'd love to do it you know six seven seasons this and that and you start getting ahead of yourself and it's just like but there's so much work involved before you can start thinking about that so right now second season that's exactly what I'd like to see happen right now and then and then go from there you know, because then if it picks up popularity, you can think of maybe a few more down the road or not or whatever. And, and also, too, you know, the other shoe could drop at any minute and you never know. So I think I think focusing on, uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, positive vibes or whatever the f- yeah. uh, for, for season two, that's exactly where my hopes lie right now. Absolutely. I'd ask you the same. And also, I guess as a follow up, if you could only do one writing or acting what you choose but first we'll start for your hopes with for Leonard Kenny well my 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 hopes for Leonard Kenny are 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 pretty simple you know like I've been down to LA I've done pilot season a couple times and I have no desire to ever go back I I I don't uh I think people are weird down there I think it's too hot it shouldn't be hot all the time you should have (laughs) four different seasons so what I'm after is longevity in the Canadian industry that's what I want I want to have a career here I want to have some stability here so if Letter Kenny can provide that then it's yeah worth, worth its weight in gold um and the the other question was acting or writing acting or actually, writing actually just before you get to that that's such an interesting thing so like i feel like a lot of you know canadian entertainers whether it's it's music or acting or writing or directing they all sort of have this eye on america it's sort of this big you know the the, the white whale mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean just hearing the way you talk I and mean, you guys are both such like you know it seems staunch canadians like is an eye not there? Is it like, let's build something here, that's the goal? You know, like, uh, the, the Canadian industry gets slammed so much for not having a star system, for, you know, its, it's, it's inability to, to, to make people famous, to, to create stars. I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with, with what we're doing up here. If you want to be famous, 
go work at it down in LA. You'll be famous, you'll be overwhelmed, you'll be swamped, you just turn into a shell of a person, you know? We're doing things right up here. We're judged more by the work than our fame, than our, 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 our star meter, you know? Like, you get noticed, like, if, if, if your work is good up here, you know? And I think we have to work a little harder. Um, also, the Canadian industry, is, is, it's given me every, everything that, that I have. You know, I started from scratch. I, I didn't know anybody. I worked my way up, and um, I just as soon stay here and, and, and keep contributing to it. All right, well, we'll finish. If you could only do one, acting or writing, what would you do? Acting, for sure. No question. Thanks for your time, guys. Welcome to the dessert. We got Shane here. Shane's in the studio. Max, are you excited to have Shane in the studio? Very excited to see you. My boy. Shane, are you excited to be in the studio? I am actually, yeah. I feel I, good. How you been? Uh, off the top of the show, Max and I talked about curling, getting very drunk, watching SNL performances. Uh, one of the sad things about that night, though, was that you were not there. I missed out. I feel like I've been missing out on a lot of stuff lately. Uh, yeah, you have a reputation. Do you know that? Really? Yeah, for uh, for as soon as you get a girlfriend, not not showing up. I had. Oh, Max, you went there. Yeah. Like, am I worse than Sean Dawson? Uh, <laughs> No, uh, Dan Dan Hamilton just says that about you. What about, am I, just in your opinion, am I worse than Sean or Peak? I, uh, like I, I don't speak. think you're worse than anybody in particular okay. because I feel like everybody does that. Okay. I don't think it's specific I, to you. I had a shoot. But, but Dan gets yeah. very uh, angry when his friends don't come to things and he, and, he, and he feels like people aren't pulling their weight in the, well, in the friendship Especially group. when like you're single and if your marriage fell apart or whatever, you're going to, <laughs> and you're, hypothetically speaking, and you're like lonelier. No, I find if you're single yeah. and your friends are uh, not single, you kind of resent them. Yeah. But because- if you're all in a relationship... Like when I'm in a relationship, I want my friends to be in a relationship. Yeah. When I'm single, I want everybody. my friends single. Yeah. That one want to be single around you at the same time. It's too competitive. Years yeah. ago, at actually Dan Hamilton's uh, bachelor party, we're in Cuba. There's like this girl there that's kind of pretty. And there was about probably six uh, single guys. Yeah. And Shane, you basically like belittled or like elbowed all those guys out of the way. So you picked you, them all off one by yeah. one. And, and you are hard to compete with, uh, you know, when You'd it comes to- You've been drinking for four days straight. <laughs> all your jokes were landing. You were on fire. Yeah, but also being a little too mean, just crossing the line. <laughs> well, and, my, like, and making fun of people's like worst insecurities. Well, if I'm like desperate to get with someone, my brain, honestly, without me even trying, will go into autopilot. Yeah, you- <laughs> So I was just like- on fire, like zinging them and like just f***ing around with people in such a weird way. They don't know if I'm insulting or being lovable or whatever. I think by the end, all all of our single guy friends knew you're just being insulting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how I justify. And then it everybody two years just after. sort of like shrugged their shoulders and like turned around and went back to their hotel room. Yeah, they just gave up. They just gave up. But yeah, who f***ed her on the beach? <laughs> It was awesome. So you you so you gained the girl, but you, you lost a couple friends. Hold on, can you say but who ended up smooching with her? <laughs> <laughs> can we keep that in my? <laughs> what is this? The nineteen fifties? <laughs> oh, you know, kids might okay, be listening wait. to this show. But who ended up smooching with her? <laughs> is that how we say it? Where the public believes us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, I got a big smooch. <laughs> <laughs> And I was terrified because that smooch made me feel a little weird when I got back. And then I had to uh, get tested. But yeah, everything was good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and we're going, getting, gearing up for another bachelor party. 
Bahamas, I'm sure baby. your fiance is glad to hear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we are all going on my bachelor party uh, to the Bahamas in uh, May. Are you in or out, Max? I think I'm going to be in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Shake it. Did yeah. you know that, Mike? Yeah, I knew he was leaning towards it. Yeah, no, I just had to make sure the band calendar was free, and then I'm good to go. Well, anything else going on, Shane? You seen anything you like recently? Yeah, um, to keep with the theme of this uh, end part, I saw the series Love. Oh, uh, Judd Apatow. Yeah, I... Really liked it. I'm not sure if you guys have seen any episodes. Gillian Jacobs is it. I, the trailer looked yeah. awesome. I mean, she's f***ed up. up in it. Yeah? Yeah, she's uh, way different than you're used to seeing her. It's more of like a, like, she's kind of a loser. She's like a down in her luck, made yeah. some poor choices. Yeah, and the, the main guy, he's, uh, what's that movie? I Love You, Beth Cooper. Okay. He's in that film. I'm not sure if you've seen it. But he looks like, a, almost like a caricature of what a nerd would be. Like, literally a drawn-out character. Like, you can't almost take him seriously for the t- first two episodes. He looks like such a f***ing goof. But then you grow to, like, understand how a girl would be attracted to him and how he could be kind of, like, the the leading man in this series. It was very cool about, like, how people meet and fall in love and the problems that happen when you're on a date or getting to know someone. Or- Is it like uh, Master of None at all? I've heard that comparison. No, Master of None is very... Like, it creates its own world for itself, mm-hmm. and the acting's kind of bad in an endearing way at times. This is very real. Okay. And very Hollywood-centric, because th- that's where it's set. Oh, it's set in Hollywood. Okay, Yeah. Speaking but of- it's cool. It, like, lets you into a, a world that you might not normally see. Like, the, he works on the uh, Warner Brothers lot. That's not true. He works on a lot of, like, a studio. But cool. For a show. Is it 10 episodes? Yes. I fell asleep to the last one last night. So you got through nine episodes, though? Yeah, I started early. I actually watched two with Alex yep. and then told her I'd watch the whole series with her and then cheated on her. And then the f-ing next night, I just went through eight and fell asleep at two in the morning to the last one. Um, and you'd recommend it? It's, I think it's really good. Yeah. Hey, have you guys sure. seen... Um, By the end of it, even though she was Gillian Jacobs' character was messed up, were you attracted to her? You hate her at some points in it. And not even like, oh, she's like a druggie. It's like, because there's not explicit drug scenes, but you hate her because she's so f-ing annoying at times. And then you'll come around to like her and you're unsure if you like her. So you really see her through the prism of the main character. Ah, the protagonist's eyes. You see what he's falling in love with or disliking Yeah, in real time. Wait till you see this guy. I he's can't so wait to see this, this show. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen uh, People versus O.J. Simpson yet? No. I can't take Cuba as not Cuba. Uh, he looks have nothing. Have you watched it? No. Uh, can you take Cuba as not Cuba? Uh, yeah, I can get into him as O.J. I, I, no problem. Does he act at all or is it like, oh, it's Cuba saying stuff? No, he, he kind of, eh, it's a little bit of Cuba saying stuff, but it kind of works. I don't know. Get an actor who looks like, it's not like Cuba, his career is on fire and it's like, we got to cast Cuba. Get someone who looks like OJ, and you still got John Travolta and all these other actors. Yeah, it's a weirdly uh, casted show, and the acting is not always great, but it's pretty compelling. And the thing which I'll say, because I li- listened to an interview, because uh, the show is based on a book written by Jeffrey Tubin, who's a New Yorker writer who wrote a book about the whole trials, like, uh, like the run of his life or something like that, the OJ Simpson trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie uh, talks a lot, sorry, I guess the book talked a lot about Robert Kardashian and his young family. And uh, in the TV show, they kind of have a lot of like winks at the camera because Robert Kardashian was a very like religious, kind of humble, quiet, private man. But he was married to 
Chris Kardashian, who and you know who is basically a celebrity like wannabe, and I think by that point it was already married to Bruce Jenner. And in the show, Robert Kardashian is saying something to his young children. It's like, you know, it's the only thing that's important is to be kind to people and to work hard. And he, there's a few moments where it's like, where they like inserted dialogue just about like what a virtuous man he was and how he tried his best to impart that sort of wisdom. Well, and we ideas. all know how that story ends. Yeah, and then we all know it's like the Kardashians are literally the worst. Is family. it done for laughs though? It, it, it's, it's done for a, t- a total wink at the camera because because there's so many characters and players like there's no reason there's why no they reason to have time looking at, like having an interaction with him and his kids, him and his kids. he's such a tertiary character anyway in yeah. all of the events there, there's there's like cochran there's oj simpson's family there's marsha clark marsha clark there's all these people so the fact they spend like this extra time with kardashian and like his kids at breakfast or whatever is really fun the schwimmer pull it off uh yeah i, I well, like schwimmer in it i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of into the show so, Max, what are you giving this show? So far, so far? 10 out of 10, man. My goodness. <laughs> He's an easy 10. But yeah, is there anything more to talk about? Shane's saying see love. Max is saying see the OJ show. I'm saying see in the Bahamas. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Thank you for listening. Um, what do we normally say? Uh, that we say, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike on Much. You can find us at much.com slash Mike on Much. Subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, leave a comment. Leave a rating. If you have any questions, concerns, hit us up. We'll, we read all of it. <laughs> concerns? Yeah, concerns. People are concerned about Shane. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, all the artwork is done by Jenna Gregory of Jenna, at, you can find her stuff at Jenna's do, jennadoodles.com. Nailed that one. Yep. <laughs> the Michael Much Podcast is produced by Max Kerman, and I am your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend. <laughs>